This is The Global Custodian. There's always a FinReg Angle podcast keeping you up to date with the latest developments in financial regulation. Hello and welcome to episode eight of There's Always a FinReg Angle. I'm John Watkins, editor of Global Custodian, and I'm joined virtually today, as always, by a cast of FinReg experts, Sean Tuffy, Virginia O'Shea, and Joe Parsons. Welcome back, everyone. Hey there. Hey, everyone. Okay, first things first, uh, I'm on a live panel the other day and a question pops up from a virtual audience to my custodian bank panelists and it said, how many printers and scanners have you bought for your staff during lockdown? And I could tell instantly this was a Virginia O'Shea question. Virginia, why were you trying to antagonize my panelists? Uh, And they all said zero, didn't they, at the same time? So were you shocked by their answers? No, I don't think anyone wants to admit how paper-based the industry still is. Uh, And to be fair, yes, you aren't really allowed to have those kinds of things. You aren't really allowed to print at home. But uh, I know for a fact there's a lot of financial institutions that have have been doing so. So I don't know whether it's your panellists who are fibbing, but I doubt it. But uh, maybe they weren't aware of some of the things that have been going on. But certainly uh, having to deal with lots of uh, international clients and uh, having to sort of print things out and sign them and, and then scan them in and send them back. Uh, I know a lot of brokers have been doing that, and I know a lot of asset managers have been doing that. So I would imagine on the other end, their custodians are having to do something similar. But, you know, you never know. They may they may be right. They were quite adamant in their responses, weren't they? they were like Very definite. I think they were trying to overcompensate, maybe. Oh, stop. No, no, no way. There was a zero at the same time. But, you know, I, I mean, I bought my own printer. Maybe you phrased the question wrong. Maybe you shouldn't have said, have you bought them any printers? Maybe they forced their employees to buy their own printers and scanners. <laughs> Get <laughs> out of jail free card. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, uh, yeah, well, maybe I'll have my revenge on your next panel that I'm, uh, I can ask a question in. But that, uh, that question was asked during our Custody 2020 documentary, which you can view on globalcustodian.com if you did miss it. Uh, did you enjoy the documentary, at least, Virginia? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Very warehouse chic going on there, I saw. Mm. Yes, lots of <laughs> pigeon droppings um, going on in that place. <laughs> but uh, as far away as the, from the Savoy as we could find, essentially. And Sean, did you catch the documentary? Of course. I mean, what, what else are you going to do on a Saturday, Saturday afternoon and watch a uh, global custodian documentary? <laughs> that's what we like to hear it's exactly how we envisage everyone uh, viewing it <laughs> it's one of these things right we're all adjusting to uh to the new world and it's probably pushing us to places we probably wouldn't have gone otherwise so there's some silver lining i suppose absolutely and actually that's a good uh, a good lead into to today's show because we are Recording a special episode today, it's a one-off Cybos preview and uh, in terms of adapting to, to the new normal, um, Cybos Digital is taking place next week um, and as you, some of you will know, Cybos is probably the world's largest banking conference and brings together about 10,000 people each year in a different city to, to discuss payments, technology and security services among other topics. Uh, but this year they couldn't hold the physical event for obvious reasons so we have Cybos Digital which actually Looks pretty cool, to be honest. There's some good speakers. Uh, it's four days of panels, um, some real kind of A-list names out there as well in the, in the banking world, speaking on four different themes, which are delivering digital value, responsible innovation, banking for humanity, and the future of finance. I'm sure you can all guess what they all, all, all mean. But um, today, uh, all our panelists have had a chance to, to look at this year's schedule. But before we get into that, we've all been to Cybosses before. 
Cybos. I don't know what the plural for cyboses. Cyboses. <laughs> so we've all been to cyboses before. Um, and I want to ask you all your standout memories from, from previous events as we take a trip down memory lane. So, Joe, starting with you, maybe what was your least favorite Cybos and why was it Geneva? <laughs> uh, uh, this, uh, everyone loves a, a good conference in an air hangar, don't they? Uh, right, right next to an airport. Um, I, I mean, I mean that was my my first Cybos, and it was a, a hell of an introduction, really, to it. Just the just the grand scale of it all um, really just blow me away. But I mean, you weigh that up against Sydney and Singapore and um, Toronto. I mean. Yeah, it's easy to easy see easy see why that one sort of fell short of the mark compared to the others. I know we shouldn't poke fun at it. What about any good standout memories, Joe? What's what's kind of the uh, yeah, whether it's a panel or just something that takes place around the conference hall? What's uh, what stands out for you? I mean, what stands out normally for me is the Tuesday morning after the first night, where everyone's gone a bit too hard very the very first night. And you see these sort of zombies walking around at about eight thirty, nine o'clock, trying to get their get their coffees and their juices and smoothies. And uh, I should know I'm I'm normally one of them. <laughs> and everyone's queuing for the HSBC stand. Uh, is it the HSBC stand where there's the the famous uh, barista? Exactly, where uh, he knows everyone there, and yeah. everyone thinks he's his mate, which is quite funny. <laughs> I mean, I mean, standout really has got to be. I think it was the standard chartered party in Sydney where you took the boat from Darling Harbour underneath the bridge and around the opera house to uh, uh, to one of the restaurants there I mean that was that was incredible I mean that's probably what everyone's going to miss really isn't it the the the, the just the extra extravagantness of the sort of after parties and that kind of stuff you know, as well as the as the content yeah yeah nice mention for the content there Joe thanks um, <laughs> <laughs> Sean what about you <laughs> Yeah, so I've been to, I've been to a couple of the the Cybos, and I think my first one I went to the one in Singapore, and I I guess the, when you, similar to Joe, you're not really prepared for how big Cybos is. I mean, as you said, it's like ten thousand transactional bankers all hanging out, so it's a it's a, it's a, the scale of it is really impressive, and I think um, unlike a lot of conferences, there's obviously a, there's a ton of different streams going on, and you know you wear yourself out walking around the floor. The exhibition hall trying to find the best coffee uh, and the best <laughs> snacks throughout the day but it's a, it's a good event and i think what will be interesting cybos and all these events are sort of struggling with is this new normal where i think as you said john at the beginning we're getting there are a lot of really sort of top tier speakers at this this version of cybos probably because it's digital and they don't have to commit to uh in this case would have been traveling to boston for a few days um, and they can do their sessions remotely but you do miss that sort of human interaction. So I think we're all trying to feel our way through what um, what conferencing and networking means in this digital world. Yeah, and we're, we're going to come on a bit later to whether it really can be you know, replicated through the the digital versions of, of these conferences. Um, but yeah, certainly the, the, the scale of these events is, is really something. And uh, I guess, yeah, it is good to see the the quality of, of speakers we've got this year is, is a good replacement. Um, Virginia, what about, about you? What's uh, you, you've, you've mentioned uh, you've spoken at a, a few before, to say the least. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably the, the Cybos veteran out of all of us because I've been to so many. Um, I, I, it's really hard to pick one sort of memorable 
Silobos. I mean, it, all of the parties stand out to me um, from the early days. The first, I think, one of the first ones I went to, the Leningrad Cowboys, um, did the the end party. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever, if you've never heard of them. Um, they sort of, they have a Russian choir, a male Russian male choir, and a rock band performing together on stage, which was kind of weird. And I, I remember, I vaguely remember there was like beach volleyball. It was in Copenhagen, which is a really weird venue. Um, and there was beach volleyball and people in Viking helmets. And some of the, the party games were like bashing things into logs. And it was very odd. It was, it was great, <laughs> but really weird. So that was, I guess, my first memory. And then uh, the Cybos in Sydney the first time around. I didn't go um, the other year because I, unfortunately I couldn't make it. But that's the, what, the, one, the only one I've missed in recent years. Um, but the very first Sydney one, I remember there was a there was a check free party. I think it was at the time, where for some reason we didn't have health and safety at this cyber. So so people were picking up crocodiles um, in the party, and somebody was carrying around uh, a koala whilst drinking a, a stein of beer, which was another. I, I've got a photo of it somewhere, um, which is you know it's kind of surreal. So <laughs> a lot of the the cybosses have some surreal moments. Also. Um, the 2008 Cybos, when the Lehman Brothers had a stand, that was weird. Um, halfway through the conference, everyone disappeared. And then we had a party in the Hofburg at the end, um, which was just the most surreal thing ever, I think, at that point in time. <laughs> I mean, surely you could have stripped that stand for parts. You, you could walk people away with like, with, like, the L of Lehman's and, and stuff like that. <laughs> I think people did. It's like they're souvenirs now. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine that'd be worth a, a penny or two now. Um, no, I think Cybos has definitely had its, um, you know, fair share of history. Looking back, I mean, I, as I haven't been to all of them, but uh, you know, just from from people that I know that have, you know, you've had the, the I think the typhoon in Hong Kong. Um, obviously, yeah, the financial crisis what, that happened kind of there and then, uh, and then this year with with COVID. So uh, yeah, it's. Um, uh, a historic event and um, I think people can always yeah, you remember the city and the event and what was happening at that time and, and it really sticks in your memory so you know, hopefully uh, Cybos Digital will be the same I, th- I think um, from your answers there it's quite obvious that we're not going to be commissioned by Swift for the uh, official Cybos podcast um, <laughs> since we're talking about the, uh, <laughs> the the Monday the Tuesday morning hangovers and people walking around with crocodiles <laughs> but um yeah and, and for me it's uh yeah before we get into the content for me it is like sean said the scale of it and you know you go to your first one you're not really sure what to expect you think oh, that's a banking conference quite impressive my first one was boston um about six six seven years ago whenever the last one was and you know, at the end of the conference oh we've got our keynote speaker and oh it's bill gates um <laughs> <laughs> you realize, oh, okay, this is a, a serious <laughs> conference, and and I think actually it was, maybe it was in Geneva as well, where one of the Swiss banks had had a, a gentleman there building a Hublot watch uh, over the four days. Joe, you remember this, don't you? Um, oh yeah, he was building the watch, and you could go along and see him making the watch, and it was, it was really impressive to see. And then they gave out the watch at the end for a prize draw, and you just thought, wow, this is <laughs> this is this is special. But that was really. Nice touch. Uh, although, yeah, now I've forgotten who it was. That maybe that doesn't work. The branding side of that doesn't work quite as well as they thought. UBS, maybe. Yeah, it was UBS. Yeah, Swiss watch. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, but yeah. Anyway, on to this year's agenda, and I hope you've all had a chance to look through. I think Virginia, you're you're speaking at the event again this year, and Joe, you're going to be on Cybos TV, I believe. So there's, uh, we all should have had a, a little look through the agenda. What stands out to you from from this year's setup, uh, Joe? Why don't we come to you first? 
there's been a, a fair amount of uh, news stories at the moment around AML and KYC. So uh, there's probably no surprise that, that, that they're looking to probably address this head on um, with a few of their uh, their panels with regards to sort of maybe the the security stream. I mean, again, it's 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 always disappointing to almost say sort of the, the, it being not as visible as it had been uh, previously. You know, where we had a, a security stream, and uh, now we're, we're we're lucky if we get the um, the generic future of post trade titled uh, <laughs> panel. I mean, I mean, I, I can't believe how many times I've seen that title, the future of post trade uh, conference. <laughs> Wait, I'll see it one more again, one more time. I'll, I'll probably scream. But maybe the conversation's evolving. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, constant future. Um, but I, but I mean, as as, as we said before, the the, the, the um, high profile names that that, that stand out, like Renault Handley at State Street, um, Todd Gibbons BMY, um, Pete Cherishrich from from Northern Trust. I mean, these are you know heavyweight figures. Um, so we really. I'm really looking forward to, to to hearing what they what those guys say. Yeah, so I think from the security services side, it does seem like you say not so many dedicated panels, but perhaps the 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 presentations and even some of the talks about new technologies and and cyber security will will touch upon those areas. Um, Sean, so what what about you? I mean, I, I didn't see a, a whole lot of uh, regulation panels in there this year, but uh, yeah, what, I know. For you? I'm trying- I'm trying. I'm trying not to take that personally, but um, no, yeah. I mean, I, but actually, I think it's kind of a theme if you look at a lot of these industry things, and especially as Joe said, Cybos has sort of pivoted a little away from security services, um, and there's actually, frankly, not as much regulation going on as there were, you know, has been in years past. So it's not surprising that it's faded sort of back in, in into the background a little bit, and probably just going to be a feature of a lot of panels because I think regulation is always there. It's just not the big the big issue of the day right now so i think that's it's you know it's not totally surprising um and i think you'll just see it be part of a conversation on a lot of the panels but i think that's a lot that's indicative of you know an easy in some regulation but also i think as an industry we've gotten used to regulation being never present and just sort of discuss it in different ways than we used to they always say regulation was so 20 2010 Right, <laughs> uh, Virginia. What what about you? What stands out for you from this year's uh, schedule? Um, I mean, every year um, we used to. When I was at my previous firm, we used to do a sort of roundup and count all the different sessions that mentioned things like blockchain and AI and things like that. So, I mean, I think it was a record of one year. There was what, something near near twenty sessions covering blockchain. I think that's kind of died down a bit. Thank God. Uh, although I am fearful that the f- future of post-trade is going to be all about cooperation and blockchain <laughs> and uh, consortium again, but consortia, I should say, but uh, which I'm bored of hearing. Likewise, Joe. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we'll make we'll, we'll have some more interesting discussions uh, from that about uh, you know how people have adapted this year and some of the lessons people have learned. I imagine hopefully that will that will be part of it, but. I mean, what I think what stands out to me, I mean, from the compliance side, I am inter- I'm really interested to see what that panel says. I know it's more on the payment side, the people that will be doing it. Um, and, and it's got some, some people that focused on fin crime. But certainly, um, given the high reputational risk and damage that can be done by fines, and some of the people on the panel uh, are quite well aware of that, I'm sure, given their organisations, um, 
it will be interesting to see what they say. Uh, I think I'm going to be sitting there with a bo- you know, a box of popcorn in my front room, <laughs> waiting <laughs> to see if there are any difficult questions asked and things like that. I think that will make it really interesting, um, you know, especially when you think about some of the you know massive things around Wirecard and uh, that kind of stuff with EY on there. So, and you know, there's a lot of stuff on my panels on cybersecurity, and I've got some great panelists. So. Um, I think that topic is is uh, going to you know run because obviously there was the big attack this year on the New Zealand Stock Exchange, um, and that's uh, you know the first successful attack of, on an exchange uh, ever <laughs> of that size. You know, so that's that, and it got taken offline for two two days, which is pretty significant. So, given we're all sort of obsessing uh, in the industry and at the regulatory level around operational resilience, I think that topic will be really interesting. Not that I'm plugging my own session. Please, please come on Wednesday. Uh, in the morning <laughs> you know we save the plugs for the end of the show <laughs> exactly exactly i should i shouldn't plug it but certainly we, we do have i've got the head of fs isaac on my on my panel so and he he has some really interesting views on on, on stuff around what, what's happened with that exchange attack but that that's definitely something i think is, is a good topic and I, I am likewise interested to hear all of these sort of ceos and and see if they actually say anything interesting because Sometimes you get with those speeches that can be a bit bland, unfortunately, because um, they're too rehearsed. But uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, well, that's the, that kind of brings me on to my next question then, because like you say, you, you have got the CEOs of BMY Mellon, State Street, of course, JP Morgan, Jamie Dimon, the big opening keynote for Cybos Digital. You got ING, you got NatWest, and yeah, you'd think that there'll be some kind of coordination that they're that like you say, Virginia, they're not going to all talk about the same thing, or they're not all going to be too rehearsed. Um, what do you think the main discussion points will be from them? I mean, we've got, I think the headline topics really are the kind of digital transformation. There's a lot of ESG talk and banking for humanity. And then obviously we've got the, the COVID-19, um, you know, elephant in the room, I guess. And you know, what, what, do you, what do you think these, uh, these CEOs are going to talk about on the panel? Let me guess, the new normal. <laughs> I think we, that we should have a game where whoever says the new normal, my God, we're going to have to have shots or something at some point. Um, <laughs> we I, could I, do bingo cards, maybe. Exactly. Yes, and somebody has to shout out bingo in in the comment section. Um, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, the new normal is definitely going to be a topic. I, I really think there's going to be a talk about a lot of talk about digitization, um, but that's nothing new. I mean, I imagine they'll probably try and address. Um, I guess things around operational resilience. I'm sure they'll talk about, you know, what they've been doing this year to try and make sure that their banks are safe and secure and, and looking into the uncertain future. That'll be another one. Unprecedented will be another word used a million times, no doubt. So uh, I reckon that's going to be a big topic. Um, and I, I don't know if they'll touch on ESG. I, I, I do wonder that because um, although it's a big topic in the industry, I'm not sure those guys are the ones that would be the best place to talk about it. They might talk about the banking for humanity aspect, um, you know, trying to, to sort of turn the industry into something, you know, less less greed is good and more um, good for good's sake. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, I think that's, I think two of the, uh, you know, you've got kind of responsible um, banking and then banking for humanity. So two of the big themes are around that, like what you just mentioned yeah. there. Uh, so I think that's really more the, the S and the ESG is probably what they'll be talking about, sort of their role or, you know, the industry's role in sort of the social promoting <clears throat> sort of more diverse workforces and the, the social aspect of it. ESG will certainly, I think, be the focus, but not ESG as a sort of meta topic. Uh, and Joe, what do you think about uh, Jamie Dimon's opening talk? Are you uh, expecting some, some crypto drops again? 
And uh, I think, yeah, whatever he says is whatever he says is uh, is newsworthy, right? More than perhaps anyone else at that at that conference. I mean, I, I'm probably expecting him to to maybe speak a little bit more on the political landscape. Uh, I, I mean, I mean that's what uh, I think when when most most of his uh, the bank sort of an, uh, conference calls, uh, they they do focus quite a lot on on the on the wider sort of economic and political landscape um and considering that we've got a we're in the election year in the u.s maybe we'll probably see a, a little bit more on on the sort of wider macro um level um as opposed to maybe digital uh, uh, uh digital assets and, and and crypto god that'll be interesting if he does uh, bring bring those topics up i mean there's there's a, there's a panel on the risk management the world of worries and i think yeah that's talking about various kind of climate change and, and geopolitical going on so that's that's going to be uh, an interesting panel to watch as well and yeah obviously um we, we're leading up to the u.s election so <laughs> if he says anything controversial be very good uh publicity for for cybos as a, as a conference i should um i should mention that uh and this isn't really to do with security services at all but there's a there's a, a chap called mick ebling uh, who's opening inner tribe this year and I don't know if any of you are familiar with him, but he is an incredible speaker and his story is also amazing. He runs a company called Not Impossible and they they kind of take technology and try and do, well, make the world a better place through, through technology. And uh, they've got some amazing case studies, one of them being he went to Africa, I think it was Sudan, and he took a 3D printer machine and created um, you know, artificial limbs for, for people that were amputees. And he trained up the, the locals how to use this machine and then, then basically just left it there for them to, for them to keep replicating those, uh, the, those 3D printing. So that's a pretty life-changing you know, innovation that, that he did. And his whole story is about you know, how we can harness the, the technology and, and make the world a better place uh, through it. So even if it's not, you know, for for our professional lives, I think it's uh, it's a good good one to listen to for a bit of inspiration and a, an amazing story. And I think that's on the Monday as he opens Inner Tribe. So, yeah, one one to keep uh, an eye uh, an eye out for. Inner Tribe's got really. I mean, like they had Brian Cox last year, didn't they? That was that was another good one. Um, they've they've really ramped up on on Inner Tribe. It used to be sort of a little tent on the side of Cybos <laughs> that you couldn't really mm. find with people, do, you know, sitting in a drum circle um singing which was kind of weird <laughs> and no one took it seriously and now it's sort of front and center and it's one of their showcases so it really has changed quite a lot um and, and yeah that's definitely going to be a good speaker to have um and I think they've got quite a few interesting debates as well they've got they've got something like sort of contrarian views and people arguing mm. with each other which is always quite good fun I think they even swap sides on that um contrarian views are halfway through I think that's the the idea of that panel so yeah that, that'll be really good and you're right I mean you think about Inner Tribe and the stage setup that they've had the last couple of years it's, it's incredible isn't it and central bank digital currencies I think that's on their the agenda about three times this year so that's clearly at the front and center of people's minds and and that's fast moving at the moment isn't it always always updates week to week yes well, given that half of the CFTC ex-staff seem to be now working in that sector, or, you know, <laughs> I imagined it was going to be a big topic in Boston if it was actually going to be in Boston too. Honestly, I feel that the central bank digital currencies is like the uh, the blockchain for the 20s, honestly. Like I think there'll be tons of panels on it because it all sounds very exciting. 
And then when you dig into it, it gets tremendously impractical pretty quickly. So I wouldn't be surprised if at some future Cybos preview podcast, we're talking about if I hear another thing about central bank digital currencies, I'll pull it into my head. So we'll, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not putting a lot of faith that we're going to get a lot of action on that. I think it's a, it's a fun topic to talk about. And it raises a lot of really interesting questions, but I think on a practical basis, it probably doesn't amount to much anytime soon. And I always think that part of the issue is a lot of these conversations are driven out of the, you know, out of the U.S. Um, where if they would just fix their payment network, they wouldn't actually need all these really super creative solutions. Yeah. So another kind of box tick as in the, the, the governments want to say, oh, we want to be seen to be doing something about this. Well, I think I think it's one of those things that, you know, when when the Facebook last year came out with their brief attempt to disrupt the world with uh, Libra before they slunk back and back um, away from it. I, I think it got a lot, the attention of a lot of policymakers. So it's certainly being talked a lot about that a digital currency is coming. Do you want the central bank to control it or do you want, you know, Mark Zuckerberg to control it? So I think that's part of the why the debate is sort of flared up again. I think the, you know, the interesting angle from, from us at Global Custodians looking at that finality project, uh, the utility settlement coin and seeing how that's developing over time because they are working with the central central banks on that. So I think they're speaking at this year's Cybos as well. So it'd be good to um, good to hear what's going on with them. Can I, can I raise a sarcastic point here? I mean, think about central banks. Though. I mean, think about how long it took for T2S to be launched. <laughs> I mean, look, come on now. Come on now, guys. Central bank digital currencies. Mm, we might be waiting a long while, right? I'm yeah. going to hold my breath. That's where we insert that it's been 84 years meme. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for that. So let, let me move on to the, one of the, this is something that I've been thinking, um, you know, I think in the short term, digital conferences, brilliant, e-conferences, great, you know, nice thing to fill the gap and, and, and put in there. But how big of a deal is it that there isn't a physical Cybos event this year, you know, from a networking and business point of view? Um, Virginia, what, what do you reckon? I mean, a lot of business gets done at Cybos, right? Yeah, I mean, generally, I have back-to-back meetings, um, you know, right on the show floor for a lot of Cybos meeting my clients and things. So uh, certainly, that's going to be weird this year because you have to go into little virtual rooms. Um, <laughs> on the side of I, I, there's a lot, there's a lot of sort of advertising. I don't know if you've been f- sort of faced with the deluge of emails about people's um, virtual networking rooms, which they're trying to make sound exciting, but sound innately just just depressing I think unfortunately so I mean not that any you know stand meeting rooms where you're hung over and it's really bright fluorescent light and you're it's warm in there uh, a pretty uh, particularly good anyway but certainly I think it's going to be a different nature to it um, and people will have less time for networking probably because they'll be sort of trying to get as many leads as possible because you won't have passing traffic going onto the stand and things like that um, but yeah I, d- I just can't imagine you know how it's going to translate you know, from the networking side and what, what they've got a celebration at the end what's that party going to be like are we sitting there literally just sort of having a you know a you know a beer whilst whilst there's some sort of video playing or something i don't know god it's gonna be odd sean what do you think i mean people are really going to miss the in-person aspect this year i totally agree i mean i think there are two parts of the in-person obviously we're talking about the you know let's not discount the social element and the sort of the parties and the receptions. But there is, as Virginia says, like the walking through the floor and meeting people and that human connection and making contacts is a huge part of what makes an event like Cybos valuable. And that's really hard, if not impossible, to recreate in a digital sense because, you know, you're sitting at your home office or you're sitting, some people are now in their actual offices, 
but you can walk away from your desk pretty easily. So, you know, and I joked earlier about, you know, wandering the exhibition floors, you do run into people and you make contacts and, you know, that's how you start sort of developing relationships and, you know, from a business sense. And I think that's not easily replicated with like these sort of digital, like quasi dating apps that conferences now have. So I think it will be, I don't think it will be the same. And I think, Anyone at this week, this year's Cybos claiming this is the new normal for conferences is probably going to be a little bit over their skis. Because I think as soon as we get to a world where we can all get together again in person, we will happily do it. That's a good point. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it is an event that you know, if if you go and see a client in Australia, you know, the furthest place from London we could think of, or. Yeah, you get to see that client and then you come back again. We're talking about hubs where just banks from all over the world come um, and it's such a great chance to, to meet everyone in, in one week. So very, very difficult to replicate that. And I think for one year, it's probably, they say, okay, and we'll give these virtual meeting rooms a go. But I mean, sure, if you think about these virtual meeting rooms, people are going to be a little bit nervous about talking you know, real business on an online chat, you know, as secure as it might be. There's always that element of okay, if I'm talking face to face, it's between us. If I'm talking in a, a, a room, an online room, people are going to be a little bit worried. Do you think? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think it will be the same. So I think you'll have you won't have the spontaneity, and I think it, conversations probably will be more stilted. And I think you'll get a lot of probably a lot more let's talk offline conversations. You know, like let's catch up later, rather than sort of spontaneous conversations because um, these platforms, you know, doing a web chat or, a, you know, kind of basically a Skype or a Zoom through a conference portal just isn't, people I don't think are going to feel comfortable, you know, because it's, you know, because it's so new, you know, maybe God help us if we're doing this again next year, maybe people will have adjusted to it, but I don't think for the first time you'll get a lot, people will be that open in those forums. Has anyone actually tried that weird chat roulette stuff? You know, it's almost like chat roulette. I'm, thank God it's not actually like chat roulette. But, you know, <laughs> God forbid it's actually like chat roulette. But you know, when, when you go sort of go to get thrown into a random spontaneous conversation with somebody, I've never tried it because I've always thought, God, I mean, I, I don't want to end up talking to somebody I don't, you know, because when you're actually in a room, you can see who you might want to talk to as opposed to being thrust onto somebody you, you've no idea who they're going to be. Has anyone yeah. tried it? No, I haven't. For the same reason, I don't really want to do speed dating at a conference. So I've definitely, I exactly. haven't. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, and got, you know, like honestly, these conference organizers are creating these platforms. They're being pretty creative. It's just sort of getting. It's just not the same. So I think, and people's resistance to sort of trying stuff like that is probably pretty high. So I think it's just going to be. It will be interesting to see when we get to the side, the end of Cybos. You know, I think there will be a, a feeling that actually, I wouldn't surprise people. We're impressed by the content because, as we discussed, there are more senior people there than usual, um, but disappointed by the lack of sort of human element of it. Well, one thing I will say, though, is that what's amazing is they've made it free. And I think if you think about how many organizations go to Cybos each year, but really could probably only afford to send you know, a small team, especially relative to the amount of the numbers in the organization. So, I mean, by opening it up this year, if you have, if you have 10,000 people at a physical event in London, uh, I can only imagine what the actual digital numbers over the four days are going to be this this year. I mean, what, I mean, what's the over under about a hundred hundred thousand? What do you think, Joe? What do you I mean, reckon? What gets, I mean, what gets me as well is that it runs from nine o'clock at what well, for UK time nine o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning until about mm-hmm. eight o'clock at night. Um, 
Uh, and, and that is because it's got to sort of transcend sort of three, you know, three or four different time zones. Um, so the amount of people you probably get logged in worldwide over that, over those four days, over that sort of the, um, that time span, um, you know, you probably have sort of you know, hundred or thousands, hundred or two hundred, in, in into those you know ridiculously sort of, sort of six figure numbers, really. Yeah. Um, which could be you know that, that is quite a feat, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking the under, by the way, but just like I don't, I'm not, <laughs> like, we'll see what will happen. I mean, I think the advantage is absolutely you can have longer stretches uh, of content, and you're not bound by like the daylight, the time zone of the event. But I think what to me will be interesting is you know touching all the wood around me. If we're in person in Singapore next year, if Cybos has a permanent sort of digital hybrid approach where for less money, you could pay to watch basically, you know, the broadcast of the event live online. Uh, and I think that might be the lasting legacy of sort of this COVID experience of conferences is that you get a lot more hybrid conferences where a lot more is sort of published online simultaneously or, you know, for on demand later. So I think that might be the more, rather than going fully digital, sort of a hybrid future for conferences certainly isn't that crazy of an idea. I think that makes sense as well because you know, you'd have people still wanting to go to the conference for the networking, as we've said. So you don't lose out on the people physically going to the event, but you do gain all those people on the digital side. So I think you're right, Sean. Um, Joe, we should take some notes for, for business ideas for our future conferences. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it works so much with uh, with awards, but uh, yeah. So well, that's good to know. And but like I said, I think it is. You know, Swift have made this free to view, which I think is good. You know, it must be. Again, difficult for them the amount of you know, sponsorship they would normally get from from uh, from from their kind of partner banks on this, and uh, yeah, I think to make it free opens it up really nicely for for people that would never ever have a chance to to go to Cybos um, usually. What I'd be really interested to see is if there are any asset managers. I mean, because sometimes you do get a handful of asset managers going every year. Some sometimes there's more than a handful, obviously, um, depending on the sessions. But do any go this year? That's what I want to see. Just because we've got a few sessions that might be of interest to them, so um, that'd be an interesting experiment to see the demographics afterwards. Is it just all you know payments people? It could be just sort of preaching to the choir, really, couldn't it? Um, mm-hmm. you know, sell side, just, just speaking about other sell side, is um, and that has been a problem. Maybe that's hampered because uh, I mean, what asset manager really wants to go list payments? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that could improve on uh, in the next couple of years, maybe. You probably get you'll get some of the people that are in sort of the front office potentially looking at technology stuff, technology investments. Sometimes you do get that from the, the buy side. Um, maybe those in the treasury tre- treasury sort of functions either as well. No, 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 no. I mean, well, I guess maybe maybe the treasury functions, but I'm thinking more of the people that are on the investment side oh, wanting course, to yeah. hear, you know, central bank digital currencies. Is it something we should be investing in um, or not, as the case may be? Um, and and you know, blockchain pilots and things like that are they working that kind of thing and no would be the answer but um certainly i think that's that you might get people like that and private equity people listening in and things like that too um but it'd be interesting to see if there's any ops people from back by siders that's what i want to see <laughs> yeah more likely i'd say in there i think there was someone from um the blackrock ops team last year on one of the post-trade panels because it's definitely a, an interesting element for them there well, brilliant. That's uh, a very comprehensive overview of the, this year's Cybos and previous Cybozies. Uh, and thank you to all our panelists today for, for giving their thoughts on, 
on on all those topics. Um, just before we go, uh, Virginia, uh, any plugs for today? Apart from your Cybos panel, which we're all going to keenly tune into. Yes, obviously Wednesday. Wednesday, don't forget it. Uh, I think about 10.30. Um, obviously, you can catch me at Virginie O'Shea on Twitter or at Fintech Fire. And you can also uh, have a look at my work on www.fintechfirebrand.com. Sure, where can we find your thoughts? As always, please check out City Securities Services Insights at cityvelocity backslash insights. All right, Joe, any plugs for GC today? Well, you can a plug for myself. You can you can catch me on, on Cybos TV. Um, where you can, hopefully, I won't uh, embarrass myself too much. Um, but no, uh, and for all sort of all GC post trade news, yeah, go go to us. Wonderful. Well, thanks again to everyone uh, for your thoughts today, and uh, do remember to leave a review and let us know any of your thoughts on this FinReg podcast. Until next time, thank you. You were listening to There's Always a Fimreg Angle podcast with Global Custodian.